0: Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, welcome back to another Tuesday Q&A. We are continuing the cycle of alternating. I falsely advertised last time that we would try to do, um, break it up so it was like every three weeks, but right now the pattern seems to be every two weeks um, with something different in between. And, uh, I think the plan is to eventually try to roll it out to, so that in a way that the Q and A's are a little bit further apart, but for now, baby steps, let's bring in David and we'll get the party started. Hello, David. Hey Brent. It's all about
2: baby steps. <laughs> let's get this party started. Mm-hmm. How did you enjoy last week's Speed, uh, speed. How, how did we call it again? Uh, I think you had a pretty good name for it.
1: It was called hot potato animation hot potato Uh, although you you cheated it wasn't it wasn't animation you were just like hot potato that's what you did you just sort of like (laughs) throw the live grenade and you're like whoa
2: oh this uh it it was was great because we we kind of say hey what about we do this and like yeah let's do this and then what i had in mind what you had in mind were completely different which made it even more interesting you had those long very specific (laughs) questions and i had like two words
1: (laughs) okay brent the color red go Um, well, you you know, yeah, that's it. Don't, don't F it up. I, um, I don't, it was fun. I think for a change to rather rather than have to like, you know, sit there and like, take a long time to try to figure out a way around, like answering the question. It was just like, you have a minute, just, you know, brevity is not my strong suit. So it was very interesting.
2: Yeah. Just the mental process of, okay, I have five seconds to organize my, my fast and then 55 to kind of end, try to land it right on the, the minute that was fun yeah. Let, let's do that again we'll do it
1: again for sure but
2: i agree that a, sh- a change of pace mm-hmm. of having those Q&A and a special event uh and mm-hmm. next week should be pretty cool as well do you want to yep. talk about a little bit uh yeah. what we have in in store for, for next week
1: yeah so i mean for those who were around last week for the conversation with you would have um you would have bore witness to a conversation with a man named daryl purdy who uh david and i have both worked with um quite extensively and um he just is he was well we, we caught him rolling off hot off of the uh the, the guardians of the Guardi- uh, guardians of the galaxy production over at IDOS montreal so they just put that bad boy out on into the world and uh, he was the animation director um i was actually an, the animation director he was the cinematic um animation director and then he ended up sort of uh taking on both roles which is funny because that's exactly kind of how it went down almost um Uh, back in the good old days over at Far Cry 3. So we kind of, anyways, long story short, he came on. We talked a little bit about the, um, just the, the, just the the process and like what that, what, what what it's like directing people on the floor. And then we had a special surprise guest and we brought on, um, uh, Uh, John McLaren who played uh, Star-Lord in the game so he obviously had a very long standing relationship with Daryl because Daryl would have been directing him on the performance capture floor so for a follow up because people were very interested in this topic next week we're having both him um, we're having him back and we're also going to bring in someone else that uh, I don't think anybody around here has met yet, but uh, S- Sebastian Prer, who, um, is, uh who ov- is a- another associate of ours. Um, he is actually uh, he works over at Gore Studio now. He also worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, so he comes in from a much more of a technical perspective. He was uh, the t- you know, the technical director over there on the project, and he pretty much single handedly built the entire mocap and performance ca- pipeline over at Idos, and which was used on the Tomb Raider and um, DL. D- D- uh, the 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 DSX the, the, uh, the uh, uh, cutscenes
2: and uh, ultimately Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah.
1: So we're gonna have them on to talk a little bit about specifics.
2: Yeah, and something that we've discussed that would be cool to do is kind of live production diary. So basically, yeah. uh, you guys are going to look at sequences mainly uh, cinematics, maybe a little yeah. bit of gameplay, and yeah. then everyone is going to chime in and talk a little bit of, of what happened <clears throat> under the hood. You know, some yeah. production stories and a exactly. lot of the stuff that you don't always have in the uh, the making of promotional <laughs> video um, yeah.
1: yeah exactly so, like real stories as opposed to the ones that are like just you know cool and marketable one thing i have to say though is spoiler alert because we will be showing some footage from the game both uh, some cut scenes and we'll try our best to not be too much of a spoiler and show scenes that are like critical to like big aha moments in the story, just for those who want to come, but also don't want to have the story ruined. But we'll uh, just, just know that there's going to be a little bit of spoiler uh,
2: stuff going on in there. So yeah,
1: watch your it. It'll
2: be great to have both the uh, creative mind and the mm-hmm. technical mind as yeah. well present in the, the room to kind of cover absolutely of the creative yeah. process and the technical process from an idea to actually, having it in yeah. uh, the game.
1: Yeah, because truth be told, when you're dealing with performance capture, it is like, it is. It, you gotta find a strike a balance on the artistic side with the technical side. Because sometimes you might have an idea for that shot and it's just like, it's just not going to record well for a variety of reasons. There are limitations with the gear. Head-mounted cameras have come a long way, but they still have their limitations. There are cameras that are floating in front um, of your face, and too much running around will have just turned the data into soup that would be very, like, there's all kinds of things. So, anyways, well, I don't want to steal the thunder for the conversation, but there's lots of things to consider. So, yeah, we're going to definitely pick some, 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 some shots and some moments in the game that have some pretty fun anecdotal production stories behind them. So yep. should be pretty and as
2: always the uh, chat will be more than welcome to ask questions and hopefully a few of those could be uh, thrown in. Absolutely, we, uh, try to keep it um, interactive a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, Brent, I have a question for you before we dive mm. into the uh, audience question. Um, Holy crap! You... Why
1: chat is like have, the chat's on fire right now? What's going on? Hi everybody. So I wasn't I looking at chat until right now. It's like it's very busy in there. Sorry, I, I, you were saying So
2: did, did you pay attention to the, the news today in general, Brent? Oh, um, maybe. Um, so, oh, yeah, oh, oh, Unity, Unity, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah I just heard so that for, by the end of the day. Christine, for Christine,
2: those, Christine, yeah, so, so for those that might not be aware, uh, no. Unity is in the process of acquiring <laughs> uh, acquiring Weta uh, Studio for 1.6 yeah. billion dollars. So,
1: I know that nobody billion. knows who that is. <laughs> that's just crazy. It's a small studio, just for those who don't know, out in New Zealand, um, in a small island in the middle of nowhere. They don't really do
2: very many yeah. things. It's but well actually you're you're half joking, but it's not that <laughs> it's not a big studio. If you compare no, it's not. to like MPC and Framestore and yeah, Ireland that have basically studios everywhere, yeah. Right, the, they have one every yeah, they have one. <laughs> that yeah, is in yeah, one which is a yeah. Uh, but yes they, they they are among the elite uh, for yeah, sure. absolutely an yeah. amazing franchise and but what is in mm. actually interesting when you read the article is that it seemed that one of the main reason of purchasing uh Wera is purchase the, uh, the 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 pipeline that they have oh, yeah. and help them to put the pipeline in the <laughs> cloud and well, providing yeah. access to everyone mm. for you know production in in, in the cloud so yeah. that's something that Amazon is working on with Nimble as well. And that's something yeah. that probably Unreal has planned <clears> on their side as well. And now we have Unity that is also entering the game of, okay, yeah. let's create digital production in the cloud.
1: That's it, that's it. They're playing catch up right with Unreal because I mean, Unreal, I mean, I I don't know if anybody's been following uh, along the sort of the stories of virtual production, sort of workflows. Mandalorian made this kind of production, very, very famous. Um, there is a uh, spawn in an entire new department over there called StageCraft, over at ILM, and they're the ones responsible for this kind of production. It involves a kind of a circular, um, seamless, um, you know, OLED display panel that wraps around a soundstage, um, and combined with motion capture technology and real, like, actual photography. Um, but but the photography, the, the the crazy thing is that like the the camera, like that you're filming real actual footage on, it's it's able to capture people in front of this. This this 360 screen, um, and they don't have to do the digital keying anymore. They don't are the chroma keying because they're just they're literally capturing the real like actual background that's actually digital. And uh, yeah. the way they do that is they can pair up the camera and having markers on it, they, the, 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 the Unreal system understands where the camera is in this three-dimensional space and they can shift things around, offset everything. They have crazy lighting so they can actually match the lighting on the character space that matches the background space, ridiculous. So obviously yeah. Unity is probably like, we, we want a, we want a piece of that pie. So.
2: well they, they they look at the party and they're mm-hmm. like okay we have to do something and i think it's their one like big move I, i'm not saying they're not going to do other purchase mm-hmm. but it seems to be their one bet that okay that's the pipeline we're acquiring yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of the Hell best Mary. pipeline in the industry and yeah. we are now mm-hmm. holding, holding it because you know you, you look at obviously i mean we've been talking for you know, uh, the, the pandemic just accelerated this transition to remote and digital and everything is going uh, online. It, it fast tracked everything around the metaverse, whatever Facebook is doing uh, with it, and obviously the epic and, and all that, mm-hmm. and our digital production. So everything is being digitized uh, and it's just one of the uh, other. And it seems mm-hmm. that as much as there being a big rush like a few Maybe three decades ago of starting those big VFX uh, studio and big game developers and all that. Now there's the same gold rush, but who's going to own the space or who are going to be the main players of honing those mm. virtual studio online? That you have this one button that you just press and That's you're it. into the pipeline with all of yeah. the uh, others. So it's uh, it's very interesting, and you know there's. A lot of money in the system as well. Oh, my. We're not going to make this in a financial discussion, but mm. there was a lot of money printing. So when you see <laughs> 1.6 billion <laughs> to to purchase a VFX, yeah. you're like, okay, that's a yeah. that's a major move. Yeah. But it's it, it's like Unity saying, okay, hey guys, we're we're still here. Uh, we're yeah, going to be there for, remember
1: us for, for now. You party. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's it's a bold move for sure. I'm, I'm I'm happy to see it because it's good. You know, as much as I love Epic and all the things that they do for the industry and just how much they've pushed the the envelope on all of this they stuff, need competition. They need competition. This is so important for everybody, and it's, yeah. this is my main com- complaint about. And I, I hate to to bitch because Autodesk yeah. also does a Autodesk. lot of good for the industry. But let's face it, they have a monopoly on all of the software, and it's stagnating. Um, so, yeah. and it's not even their fault. It's like that's what happens. It throws everything off balance because there's no longer an incentive to compete and to pr- to be progressive. They're just yeah. like, okay, we have everybody, so like now what? All they're doing is then suddenly starting to shut down some of the software because there's redundancies in their portfolio, and that's that's sadly how how uh, Softimage met its demise, and it should never have happened. But
2: yeah, and this is anyway, why so. there's laws that, that that is there to <laughs> yeah. break mo- monopolies because they, the they know what happened. On that day. It's uh, you are just. You yep. cannot have a good competition that's going to allow improvement and have a one company yep. that has no competition. Why? Because yep. w- what is the incentive to innovate if you yep. already have the entire market? It, so it, it,
1: monopolies it, are kryptonite to capitalist societies, 100%. It yeah. just doesn't work.
2: So I think whatever <laughs> you think about Unity, if you're an Unreal fan, I, I think it's, mm. a, it's a very good news to see that, yeah, okay, everybody there's wins. going to be competition so yep. now let's yep. uh, let's get our popcorn and enjoy the, the show <laughs>
1: yeah we get to we win in the end like the uh, creators get we win because now we have these two titans that are now uh, like locking horns and 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 sort of pushing each other forward so that's going to yep. be very very exciting to see what happens next that's for sure
2: and i think that we we, we already had uh, amazon with uh, nimble that it was already <laughs> yep. going there yep. as well so that's Do people at know what nimble players it?
1: Does, do people know what Nimble is? I'm just curious, like because it used to. What was it called before they they renamed it Nimble? Do you remember?
2: If what? Sorry.
1: Is, is it called, was it called Nimble before and they've rebranded it? It was it called now Nimble Amazon... Collective and they re- oh, oh, uh, right.
2: renamed it uh, Amazon Nimble Studio.
1: Okay, so close, yeah. Okay, so yeah. it looks like some of you might be familiar with this, but yeah, basically, cloud computing uh, meets workstations, essentially.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure the Microsoft and Autodesk at some point, maybe not them together, but those are two others, uh, Microsoft with all the servers and cloud computing that that they have and Autodesk with their, you know, pretty much monopoly uh, on most of the software. Uh, So anyway, it's uh, just interesting to see. It is. It is. 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 Uh,
1: I saw a bunch of just kind of question marks on Nimble. Just I, I think a better way of describing it would be if you know what Stadia is, like you know Google Stadia, like the idea of like play or or just like Microsoft Xbox like um, um, on demand stuff. Like you're not actually processing the game um at your, at your location. Instead, you're essentially playing on a remote computer, and they're just sending you the video signal basically in real time. That it's like that, but you now can get your your workstation at home, and you can like. You can sell it because you don't need it anymore. You just need a lower powered computer that connects to the internet. And then theoretically, you're connecting remotely to a workstation. This is not only more cost effective because now you just pay like you're essentially leasing for like the top end software. I'm sure they're going to have tiers. But the more importantly, we live in a world where remote work is a bigger thing and it's much more secure that way. Because now the people that you're doing work for don't have to worry about security at your home. They have to make sure that they they have to feel confident that Amazon, for instance, has good security on their stuff. And you bet your ass they're going to have pretty good security on there much better than your home security
2: that's for sure yeah and the only potential leak that you can have in this situation Mm. is if you literally take your phone and film your screen and put it online which is something that there's absolutely nothing that can prevent even on the workplace i mean most of the leaks that i've heard even recently i heard about it a you know someone in dailies that is taking their phone too excited first week of work hey look at what i'm looking and yeah so yeah, so there's no way to prevent this. But other than that, it's the ultimate uh, security. And for yeah. everyone, you, it means that you basically just need a super cheap computer or even a laptop. You you know probably decent Your monitor iPad. because you still <laughs> want to yeah. Literally, you can. Uh, yep. So that that's something that we've been testing uh, yeah. a lot recently because uh, we're obviously at we Studios, super interested with all of this uh, technology. Uh, it, it's not there yet. The easy one button of, you know, at affordable price, having access to those, uh, super efficient workstation. were are not there yet, but you see the progress <laughs> month, uh, uh, over a month or weeks over. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah. it is going very fast.
1: It is. It is It kind of like the one, one of the, I always talk about has it, been one of the silver linings of this terrible pandemic we've been living through is that it forced the industry to figure stuff out to make make things happen that provides flexibility that hopefully we will all benefit from in the long term, but uh, time will tell. It's still, yep. Nimble, by the way, is still in beta apparently, so it's not even like in full-fledged, sort of like, uh, uh, it's not out there in like full form yet. I think there are people, there's some productions that are probably using it in beta, but I don't mm-hmm. know enough about it yet to be, to be completely honest. Yeah, it's definitely not know, mainstream yet, no. but
2: it will, no. I mean, it will is be it one year, three years, five yeah. years, it, it's coming.
1: It is absolutely coming. It just makes so much sense for so many reasons. Although I'll miss having a cool like machine that heats up my 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 room whenever it's <laughs> the graphics card starts whirring away and like it's just pooping out the heat. It's kind of like a, a heater and uh, yeah, you, you, you know, can still have
2: it, Brent. You will just call it a heater. That's it. That's right. That's <laughs> so it. That's it. I'll just a very have it, like, fancy or a technological heater with yeah. colors.
1: Yeah, nostalgic yeah. heater. So we have a couple questions. um, Well, I think there was one in particular that you wanted to dig into because it was kind of a big topic. Um, it's in our backlog and in, 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 just a reminder, I mean, we, we see, I have a lot of people in chat today. So if you have a question or you want a, a topic, even that you want to talk about, like we just sort of broke the ice a little bit with two interesting topics. If you got something you want to talk about, then throw it at us. But in the meantime, I'll keep the conversation going by pulling something out of the backlog here. Question wise, we have a question, um, call, from that animator over there. That's a great handle. Um, and I'm going to try to paraphrase this because it, um, I'll do my best to read it. Okay. I Feel uh, I should have uh, rewritten. Can, re- can, can this. you still
2: bring it on screen? Just so I'm going to. Afraid. I'm
1: going to. It's going to be okay. too long, though. It's a problem. But I can put it in chat. It'll it'll show up. Everyone mm-hmm. will be able to see this. Yes. But I'll need to read it off of the sheet because it'll be too long. Okay. Almost. Almost. It's very close. Very close. Okay. I feel. I feel a company isn't living up to what their website says. You know, that uh, what what they're supposed to be doing to take care of their employees, part time opportunities and allowing for study, uh, study time within work hours. And I'm being pushed to the back of the line when it comes to being hired. Do I give them a bad review on Glassdoor or should I just walk away?
2: Hmm. Where to even start Where... <laughs> with uh, <laughs> it's
1: like, this it's one? A, it's a juicy one. I I don't hate this question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although it, I'm sure it, a lot it's... of
1: company HR uh, uh, managers are kind of like, uh oh hope that's not me.
2: I like this question because I'm sure we're going to tackle it from both sides. Oh, of for the, sure. Uh, As we usually equation. do. First yeah. of all, there's something interesting in the question. He um, seems to be referring to uh, company culture, yeah. you know, like being mm-hmm. there for their employee. At the same time, he said that when comes time to be hired on push at the back of the line, it means that yeah. you're not a comp- uh, uh, employee of this company, right? If it's the case, I think that, The the culture of the company is about their employees, not the applicants Mm. that are trying to get into the the, the company. So I'm not sure if it's uh, just the way it was uh, uh, written, but, you know, just have a a distinction that most companies, they will try the best they do for their own employee. It doesn't mean that they need to be fair with the hundreds of thousands of people in the uh, industry. So maybe uh, uh, a first uh, th- uh, thought on, on this one. Um, I would say the, the oh, maybe uh, an easy one. Uh, should I give a bad review on Glassdoor? <clears throat> um, <laughs> one of the few rules in life that I believe in is karma. Um, <laughs> If you're ready to give a bad review to a studio because they did not hire you because maybe you're a student or it's only part-time and you judge that it's unfair and you go to write a bad review, don't be offended if a studio is writing a bad review about your work if you didn't (laughs) deliver. Yeah, that door The the logic is just that usually – and, you know, me personally, I Mm -hmm. have a – you know, a bad experience at a client, uh, sorry, at a restaurant, I'm not going to write a bad, bad review just because I I don't have time for that. So my, my advice would definitely be just don't, it's, it's not worth it. What goes around comes around. Uh, You know, you put negative vibe. I mean, there's definitely situations where studio are, you know, uh, do stuff that they should definitely be, um, you know, mentioned for, uh, even in the press, but this, no, this is not worth it. Just move on and, and, and go see if another studio might be more interested to, uh, to, to hire you. Brent, uh, what do you think?
1: I'm just, I was rereading it again. Cause I'm, I, so
2: I, I, I really
1: feel like like it, it sounds like, and I don't know if the, the person who asked this question is even out there, but but basically it's it's it does sound like you're part time at this place, and uh, I I I there was a sentence in the middle that I didn't really fully um kind of understand because it sounds like you're saying that you're you're they're part time opportunities and allowing t- study time with so I guess in other words where they're hiring people part time saying hey it's cool and you're we're flexible because it means that you can also do some things on the side, um, but even so, you're still being pushed to the back of the line when it comes to like getting offered full time employment because maybe that's what you want. That's how I'm interpreting it. which is similar to I think the way David interpreted it. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you a couple of things. One thing is for sure, and I, I this 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 comes from from a very um, a good a good um, a good source. I I I have many friends in the actually my brother is an HR manager at a company, and I have a lot of friends who do HR. And something that that was said to me a long time ago, I'll never forget this. Never do exit interviews is what they told me. I'm like, but are people like you, the one advertising to do them? Like you're, yeah, yeah, we are. But I want you to know, Brent, that it is completely selfish and one-sided because we, the company, gain more than you gain because the problem is at the end of the day, and that you take this or leave it, right? Because it, it, it all comes down to different individual relationships with companies. The problem is if, you be, if you're interviewed, usually by an HR person on the way out the door, the problem is you will not have any control over the context by which that information is relayed, not only that, but also the way it was written down and interpreted. And so the problem is you risk everything and they risk nothing. And so you have to always be careful about this because the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is it really worth the risk of, of, of people in, interpreting my intentions as malice or resentment or scorn? Because honestly, you don't need that in your life, to be honest. If you had a bad experience, pack it up and find the next opportunity move on. Because unless they did something criminal and they need to be take, you know, taken to, to account and held to account, that's a whole other thing. But when it comes to you just not liking the way they do business, that's really honestly a personal opinion. And there might be a lot of people who are staying there who disagree. The point is, it's just honestly, it's just I don't think it's worth it. I think David kind of said the same thing. It's you got it. And if you do go down that road, you might you have to prepare for a fight. And do you really want that? Do you have the time for that? Do you care? Do you want your name to be circulating around HR circles of like the person's a bit of a complainer, a bit of a whiner? It's like things could get blown out of proportion really quickly. You're better off just being like, you know what? Thank you for the opportunity. Good luck on in the future. I'm moving on for whatever reason. Yeah. And just that's it.
2: Yeah, I think like anything, if you find a way <laughs> to turn this you know what you could describe as a bad experience. Uh, this studio should be hiring me because it's part of their culture, I kind mm. of fit into the kind of candidates, but it um, try to turn this into something that's going to be personally uh, uh, that y- you can grow with. There's yeah. nothing that you can change for for the studio. That studio doesn't mm. owe you anything. They don't no. even no. if technically their culture, the mm. way you interpret it, that they should give you a fair chance and all that, they own you you absolutely anything. And maybe maybe it's just because they don't like a showreel and they are not just not upfront and, and, uh, and they, they, they don't clearly communicate it. That, that's yeah. it. So if it was me, I would probably <clears throat> put it on myself to say, you know what? I should be in the list of the people that they should be hiring because it's in line with their culture and all that. For some reason they don't. I'm probably not good enough. I'm going to go work on Minecraft and become better because that's a way that I can motivate yeah. myself to be better. And who cares about that, that that studio? There's nothing you can... No bad review is going to make them look bad i mean it's just to make you look sad, like someone that wanted to provide a bad review yeah. to, to the studio which yeah. is going to change absolutely nothing spend absolutely. this time and energy to improve to get a better exactly. show and maybe the next time mm. whether it's with the same studio or uh, another one uh, you'll have a better chance to 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 be hired
1: a wise person once said you have no ability to control the way people treat you but what you do have control over is the way you react the way people treat you, in other words, there's no point in pushing against the grain. It's just like you just cannot, like you cannot, what you can't win that fight. If it's a bunch of people, if the culture is not good for you, and that's why they're not hiring you or whatever, then go find somewhere where you're going to fit in, and they're going to be super happy to have you on board. It's just no point. Don't it, n- nobody owes you anything. Like David said, really, at the end of the day, you just you got to you got to make the world you want to live in, and you got to just move on and and not find yourself in a situation where you are just. Locking horns with the inevitable—it doesn't. It just doesn't pay off in the yeah. end. And I'll I'd also about- say, oh, sorry, just one more thing. I, the other yeah. thing I'd say is obviously the devil's in the details here, right? Like the person who has this story, um, you know, who knows? Like, and, and it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, that's the reality. And like, I mean, I was just in a conversation like you know months ago with someone who was having problems. Like, they normally this company has pretty good reviews on Glass uh, Glassdoor, but then a, there was a couple really toxic ones and um and i was talking to management of this company and they're like they know exactly who it is because like which is funny they might have, you know what i mean like it's anonymous but like if you're really going to lay into them then there's they can narrow it down I and mean, they're not idiots they can probably figure it out and so again is it worth it is the is the real question i don't think it is but yeah it, I've, I've done really the math a, a couple of times
2: it's really a question of where you you put your uh, energy yeah. also when you understand company culture i mean first of all most of companies don't even when we talk about culture, they don't even know what we're talking about. Then there's those that know what what it is and make effort to have you know company values and culture and all that. And then there's a very small minority of studios that are actually able to implement the culture, which means that you know upper management, management uh, uh, employees, and all that are going to abide by the unwritten laws uh, of what this yeah. culture. Uh, might be so all all this to say that you know the chances that this hr person or this supervisor and all that even if it's written that the studio is giving a fair chance to everyone it's impossible that everyone at all time is going to apply this in every different circumstances Uh, there should almost be a sentence before every culture that we do our best to Dot dot dot, and then you know be fair with all employees. We do our best to try to provide equal opportunity to to, to all that. Um, so it's to to take a sentence of a culture or an idea and say, well, why was it not applied in that specific situation? Uh, it's a. Uh, I think it's it's just a little naive to to think that this this is even possible, uh, even in yeah. the, uh, the the. The, the best places uh, it, it would be you know going to grocery and you're unsatisfied with the sauce that you <laughs> purchased because it was written the best in the world, and you're like, that was not the best thing in the world. <laughs> you kind of assume that well they're trying their best to kind of do that, and it's uh,
1: that uh, sounds like a class back. action lawsuit material well, right there. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm sure there's other people who feel the same way you should get together and sue the hell out of that company. yeah. Or not?
2: Uh, I think at the other side, if you are, let's change a little bit the situation, you are an employee uh, at the studio. The studio is, you know, are very vocal at every weekly meeting that we are providing, you know, uh, equal opportunities to everyone. We are fair. If you're struggling, Mm. we're going to help you. It was our call to hire you. So we're going to do everything. And if you're constantly given like... Mm second class work which means that Mm -hmm. it's stuff that it's not only boring no one's wants to do it but there's Mm -hmm. no way that you can improve by doing this it's so redundant and all that then yes absolutely talk about it i mean don't gossip don't whine about it but just (laughs) speak to your lead or even peers around and say uh hey what do you guys uh, i kind of feel that I've been in this situation for a long time, and I feel that it's disconnected with what the (laughs) studios is. Maybe I'm misinterpreting, try to make it personal. You can even Mm -hmm. go see HR eventually, say, "Uh, listen, this is where I see my growth. Uh, Right Mm -hmm. now, I have a hard time to see how this is going to happen, because I'm always given those repetitive tasks. is there something maybe I misunderstood about mm-hmm. the message of, of this? Yeah. Just do it in a way that is polite and kind, yeah. and don't be a jerk about it. But yes, you can absolutely be vocal about it if it's done the yeah. proper way, yeah. and if you feel that you're treated in a way that doesn't fit at all with what is advertised <laughs> within the studio. Yeah,
1: it's all about framing, right? Like if you frame the if you if if it's not a complaint then it's, it's more about you being proactive. You're like, hey, look, this is I'm worried right now because I feel like I'm not growing. I feel like I'm not getting the shots that I would like to get, but I don't feel like I'm getting shots that allow me to improve to the point where I feel like people can confidently give me those shots. That's a valid argument. That's the kind of something that HR can actually sink their teeth into and be like, let's try to solve that. Because if they're serious about investing in their employees, then they have really no choice but to try to solve that problem. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. And, and yeah, if they don't do anything, then just leave don't complain. Don't get mad. Just go find a place that will do that. And I may, I make it sound easy because you might be living in a city where there's like only, that's the only studio, for instance. And you're kind of like, it's not so easy to just get up and leave. I totally get that part. I totally get it. and in, yeah. in that I, you know, I I, I sympathize with you if that's the case, but, um, you know, but at least try to try to take a proactive stance on this. You might be surprised what happens. Yeah. Especially if they're well, all talk with their, their mission statement. Right. Yeah, I, I yeah. love the idea of pinning them with that. Like your suggestion of, like, hey, uh, you know, I don't want to be a jerk, but like, you know, you remember, I remember when I got hired, you were saying how you really want to invest in an I want you to invest in me and I want to do the work, you know, like <laughs> make it all like, you know what I mean? Like put, pay, back them into a corner, and watch them squirm, and then, you know, maybe you're going to get what you want. That way you, you avoid getting, the, yeah. the, you know, you losing a job, you avoid being a dick and getting called out online. It's like all these things suddenly are working in your favor. You just turn those lemons, my friends, into
2: lemonade. Yep. That's what you did. And don't, go write this negative review on Glassdoor. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah.
1: No, that's that will not it will absolutely not fix the problem. I promise you. If there's one thing I promise you that won't fix it. Um there was a follow-up question that we should maybe tackle which is fun. It was uh, it was directed at me because I think it was the example of my my HR buddy who told me this thing. And this is a real story. I'm not making this up. Um the so what I got out of the conversation cuz naturally I had questions too. I was like, "Well, uh that's interesting. I don't I didn't expect you to say that." Okay, but please tell me more. Basically the point is, again, it's, it's just, it's just about, it's just about doing the math, right? It's it's not it's not like there's any m- malicious intent here. It's not like they're trying to undermine or try to like, you know, leverage you in some way. It's just that it's just the natural, what happens with that information. The studios want it because they want to, it's part, for, for one, sometimes they don't even know why, it's just part of the procedure. And so they follow procedure and then they archive this information. The idea behind it is that they could actually take some of this criticism and potentially make adjustments to uh, recruiting or, you know, maybe some of of the direction or the management. So there might be some areas to massage, right? Uh, The truth be told, this is easier said than done um, with the politics in a a bigger company, but that's at least the basic idea. I think it's a lot, it's less likely that Good will come of it from the company and more likely that bad will come for you. Because again, you're on the record for saying these things. You don't know who's going to see those things. Uh, do you have uh, an unprofessional HR person who's going to literally just be like, oh, by the way, uh, David Hubert just was just crap talking the crap out of you, by the way. I just I thought you should know. Maybe they're buddies. Maybe they hang out at night. HR, like it would be completely wrong for them to do that, but it wouldn't be the first time someone did something wrong, right? <laughs> so basically, you just never know. And don't take, just don't assume anything and just play your cards close to your chest when it comes to being very openly critical about a company, um, just because unless you're willing to, to pay the, the karma consequences later on, you know, don't we, don't, tell we didn't, don't tell us we never told you so, I guess,
2: basically is what I'm saying.
1: There's another big, uh, long question here. You want to get this one or?
2: Uh, yeah, which one are you looking at? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with yeah. that big, okay. long one. Yeah. Oh, geez. I can't.
1: Okay. Okay, let me read it first, and I'll bring it up because I can't read it with the blue on top of it. Okay, I'm curious about advice for people transitioning to animation mid-career. When looking for positions before this is by this is that that gay hobbit, which is also a very very interesting uh, handle, um, have have a, a solid real uh, sorry. When when looking for positions before you have a solid reel assembled, should we be looking for? Any type of role on the art side? Or is it okay to stay in um, st- stray into production, marketing, et cetera? Would looking at a resume of unrelated art experience be viewed more favorably than experience on the production side, for example? Well, that's a very specific question. You're asking for a friend, probably, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually rereading it a second yeah, time. It's a lot, of,
1: there's a lot in there to unpack
2: transition to animation mid-career okay transitioning to animation yeah yeah like from another artistic
1: i I assume it it sounds like another artistic kind of uh profession because it seems like he's like they're they're suggesting let me just say it again uh, uh uh suggesting that you know unrelated art experience so i guess unrelated to animation in other words should you wait to build a really rock solid demo reel or is it okay for you to have maybe a couple pieces of, of, of animation, to say that you're on the journey, but Hey, look at all this other experience to back up who I am as an artist and how I think is basically, I think the question.
2: I think any experience that you have as a professional artist or someone that is working within a creative industry (laughs) is super valuable Uh, Hmm. because, you know, one of the things that they don't teach at school or they don't teach enough is how to, How to be a professional artist, how to behave with others, how to deal with (laughs) deadline, how to deal with stress, how to deal with when you have to redo everything over. All the situation that you're going to face that has nothing to do about putting another keyframe. So this is super valuable uh, experience as would you need a killer showreel? (laughs) That really depends what you're looking for. If you're looking to be a character animator at Disney, uh, yeah you're going yeah. to need it. If you're looking to maybe be a uh, assistant technical animator in a big video game that has simple technical uh, <clears throat> tasks that are maybe easy uh, uh, to do at first, but you're going to work under the leadership of a very you know strong technical minded, and you're going to learn on a daily basis, if that's something that interests you, no, you do not need a, a, a super strong showreel show for, for that. Um, I think it's mainly a matter of, you know, finding both what you're naturally good at, what you're interested by, and what opp- opportunities that you have in mm-hmm. front of you. You know, the uh, classic go with the flow. Don't have a one, okay, this is my plan, and then trying to find where that plan exists in the universe. No, just look around you and be like, oh, there's maybe an opening over here, and maybe this opening could be this, this, this. So you kind of make the plan with what you you, you, you see around you right the uh, path uh, of least resistance, yep. uh, and and then it, it's uh, it, it's <laughs> a you, you spend less energy to to get faster to to your goal uh, this way. But I would say wh- whatever position you're in uh, now, whatever the industry, as soon as you're like you know what I think I'd like to do this, you already have chosen that you're going to do this. It's only a matter of when, and mm-hmm. you know how hard are you willing to to work and how how many opportunities do you have around you and how you're going to be able to recognize those opportunities and take advantage of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're basically asking if you're barking up the right tree uh, without having the the rock solid demo reel in your hands. And I think it depends on what tree you're barking up, really, like David said, I, I don't really have anything else to add other than Depends on what company and what the role is, because some people are looking for people that are a bit more rel- well rounded. Anyways, right? Some some smaller indie shops, um, or just, just boutique VFX shops, or indie video game development shots. These are sh- shops. These these places are not necessarily looking look, looking for highly specialized people. They're looking for well rounded. So it might be enough that they you have some animation skills that are developing, but you have all these other things that you bring to the party, and that's more worth more than some hot shot who's really good at animating but doesn't know anything else. It really yeah. really depends on what they're looking for
2: so we often have the illusion that having a strong surreal is a milestone that okay one day i'm going to get to this level and then i'll be set no it's just a constant evolution and yeah. eventually there's one of the reel along the way you have no idea when that's going to be good enough for some people in some part of the pipeline somewhere at some studio uh, and after that you're going to continue to evolve over time and then eventually yeah. you're going to plateau but it, it's it's basically like you know physical exercise. You don't do it for like two years and then, all right, now I'm fit. I can stop. And that's it. I reach that goal. No, you're just going to continue over time. And then eventually you're going to plateau. Then you're just going to continue. And until you continue, you stay in shape and eventually you stop and you're not in shape anymore. Like, you know, I've not been animating myself for eight years. I was a pretty good animator. I'm not anymore. Uh, it's just a muscle that, that just yeah. disappeared uh, uh, over time. So don't think that you're going to reach, okay, I have the good showreel now, let's get this party going. Yeah. No, you're just going to slowly increase and eventually you're going to get in there and you're going to continue to improve, hopefully, and get better and better opportunity over time.
1: Let me take this opportunity to also dispel a myth that has been floating around for quite a while. Um, This idea that people don't want to put the demo reel reel out until it's ready, you know, until it's ready. You know what? Honestly, like, I don't like put yourself out there. I think that there's no reason why you can't just start. Even if you got something that's not not up to par with what you think it is, who cares? I think there's this feeling that, oh, but what if I put like first impressions? It's like, you know what? Honestly, nobody gives a crap about first impressions. Yeah, mm-hmm. they might laugh at your reel. Maybe it's really bad. But if you come out another month or two afterwards with already pretty big updates, they're going to be like, Oh, hold on. Maybe I was wrong with this person. They don't care. They actually, they might even actually prefer to see the trajectory of just how good you're getting in a in a, in a short period of time. It might even work out to your benefit that you show them something laughable and then like 3 months from now th- suddenly that clicks and you're doing stuff that's like they're going to be everybody loves an underdog. Everybody And a recruiter would feel awesome about finding somebody who was once maybe just even three months ago would have been laughed off uh, out of the interview is now suddenly providing material that is like really on 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 spot. And so, you know, I just I don't see the disadvantage. I just don't because all they care about is what you can do now, not what you could do yesterday or the day before. So start putting that building that brand like Manny would say and uh, put yourself out there. Don't wait. Just go. Yep. Because you never know what can happen.
2: All right, um, what about this uh, question from uh, Veronica? What is it? Uh, Let's start with yeah, because animation.
1: Okay. Because animation is kind of an unconventional career path. And I think it's her parents talking there or someone's parents talking.
2: <laughs> how do you explain it? <laughs> she, to she's actually fictional? asking for uh, her cousin.
1: yeah that's for sure it's definitely not veracca uh how do you explain it to friends slash family who have you know well-meaning concerns about your career choice overall or how you're pursuing your career asking for a friend i was catching that drift real early
2: jesus christ i I think that brent (laughs) and i are coming from that generation uh but i think now people are well aware of how much money those movies are making and how much Video game is making like twice as much as all of the hmm. movie industry combined, and how much work there is in this. So yeah, let's just say that if it's a concern about uh, you know having a career or having work or we being well compensated, <clears throat> I mean, ask them to Google it. That, that that's that's an easy <laughs> yeah, that's one true. to information is free. Yeah. It's I would say there. 20 years ago, maybe it was a tough sell. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have told the story many times, but when I got into school, they told me, <laughs> you know, that's going to be really fun, but don't expect to ever work because there's 12 studios in Montreal. And if you send your showreel to the 12 and they don't hire you, well, that's then it. You're, 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 you're done. There yeah. no other options. Uh, <laughs> nowadays, it's a complete uh, yeah, yeah. The, the different ballpark. But, but if this... you're talking about being a professional artist uh, uh, in general, uh that's an interesting question. What would be your take on this one? Friend?
1: A professional artist, oh man, like someone who like gets commissioned to do paintings, kind of professional artist. is that what you mean? No, I
2: mean, technically us as animator, we are having a career at making art, right mm-hmm. in yeah. general. So, so yeah, I more. don't think so I don't think that anyone would be concerned that there's enough work uh, no. in our industry. but they might be concerned of, mm-hmm. you know, professional artist Uh, i don't know is is it going to be too hard there might be too much overtime or you know your artists are sensitive people so you're going Mm. to get i don't know Uh, i'm assuming that this is the concern that some parents or friend well-meaning could have
1: i i think that it it is we live in a different era but uh, for some reason as soon as you have kids you you suddenly apparently don't pay attention to the, how the world works in entertainment. I don't, I, I mean, I say this because I've said this before, so I sound like a broken record. I apologize for anybody who's heard me field this question before, but I used to teach at a school local to hear a really great school called Dawson college. And we would do these weekend open houses. And so we would put up, build a booth and we would put up literally boards behind us. And we had multiple televisions playing the demo reels of people that were just recently graduates now working and making like Big motion picture films, and still questions would, with a straight face, ask me, like, but like, really, like, I mean, Um, does my daughter really have a chance like and usually one of the arguments actually usually is uh, is about whether they should go to university or whether they should go to college is actually the the popular question but there's still some that are just literally just they think that it's still like the chances of making it in 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 in, um in in, as a musician for instance you know or an actor or an actress going you know like the whole dream of moving to la and becoming an actor an actress it's like that seemed like a bit of a crapshoot because the odds were not in your favor because there's only so many positions and there's so many people who'd want to do something. that but i agree with david i mean it depends what city you're in um but um you know but even then that could be solved i mean you you moved out of montreal even though there were lots of work here and you went all the way down to la to work at dreamworks so like if you're willing to move um, the companies are willing to hire you if you have the skills. So there is absolutely like, and, and I, the information like data set is all out there. You just have to, I would just maybe take the, maybe a couple hours, one night to collate a bunch of information, like the kind of the, the, the medium salaries for junior artists. So they know that you're going to get paid enough to be able to have a living wage, you know, the things that moms and dads would probably care about probably. And, and just you know, say like,
2: maybe, there it is. maybe you don't have to convince them and that's the chip you have on your shoulder. And that's going to motivate mm. you even more to work hard to have a good, good yeah. career. Because, I mean, there are some art form uh, I would have, <clears throat> even my child, I would come to me and say, I want to be an opera singer. I'll <clears throat> be like, okay, cool. But how many, you know, mm-hmm. opera singers is there in the world that, mm-hmm. that, that it's their main, this is their yeah. main source of income? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to throw a random number, like 500. Maybe more, but you know the odds of. <coughs> of course, so I would maybe say pursue your dream, but what is your plan B just, just in case <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't work? Is there anything yeah. else that you might be interested? Yeah. Um, but for animation, yeah, it's a it's a thriving and you know unconventional career path. What is a conventional <coughs> career path nowadays? I mean, there there's a especially with the generation. The post-war generation, the baby boomers that, you know, you go to school, you have your degree, you go, uh, uh, you work in a big corporation in the same place for 30 years. And then you have your pension, you're going to retire. It was a very easily planned uh, career path that they could uh, observe. But now it's completely changed. It's not that yeah. at all uh, anymore. It means that it puts a little bit more pressure on the shoulder of everyone to kind of, you know. Be, be proactive and create their own path but it's also mean that there's so much opportunity if you're willing to put yourself uh out there that um yeah it, it's changing fast it might be unconventional but compared to what compared to a job that would be predictable but that you would yeah. hate <clears throat> so yeah uh,
1: I think, I, think it, I mean, first of all, I, one other thing I should say here is in full disclosure, I was lucky enough to have parents that completely supported this. I don't know why I got so lucky. I think that it chalks up to my father who chose to be an engineer. He, we still have stacks of his paintings downstairs in my mom's basement, stacks. He was, he was very prolific. He did a lot of painting. He was very artistic. And I think that I got lucky in the sense that he kind of was like, he kind of wondered what would happen if he chose that path. But he chose a very professional path, like uh, like an engineering path instead, a very academic route with lots of school. Um, and so he probably secretly wanted to live vicariously a little bit through me, his son, to sort of you know see what that would like. He kind of because when you're, a, I think when you're a parent, you kind of really do live vicariously through your kids. I know that I'm doing it right now as my daughter's six, and I've lived vicariously through these sort of like awkward moments, trying to learn social skills and make friends, and how that's hard. And like there's like it, it I think it's why parents say they, they get really. They get they they connect and it really hurts them when 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 you know you know kids are not doing well and they feel so joyous when when the kid's happy and they're succeeding at something. So it's it's I get it I get it I'm not I don't fully get it yet but I'm starting to get it as obviously my daughter gets a little bit older. But um, you know I think that the main thing is speaking from a father a a new father's point of view is you're going to want to make sure that your parents at least know that it's a viable job. Can you earn a living wage? That's number one. Are you going to be on the street and they're going to have to take your ass back in and take care of you? Or are you going to be okay? Basically is number one. And then number two, you have to couple that with how much you really want to do it. Because, you know, I don't know many parents that if you can prove that it's viable and you can prove that it's your dream and you get to go live it and there's not really a lot of risk, then there's no no one's going to, they're going to get behind you. You know, if they care enough, they may have a hard time, but like David said too, (laughs) worse comes worse, you could just be like, roll the dice and show them, right? I mean, my dad, he used, to, he used to complain about me playing video games, like, all the time, and I still remember the day that he kind of awkwardly, in the sort of way that he knew how, kind of, sort of, make an apology about all the days he'd busted my balls <laughs> for, like, being into video games. It's like, I guess I'm supposed to apologize now because you're making a living on... I don't... Anyways yeah and then i'm like was that an apology dad i don't even know so um you know i get it i get it i get it but yeah live that dream you'll you'll make it there's lots of opportunity out there it's not like it used to be like david said yep i have faith in your friend veronica i guess is what i'm saying a lot of faith what's next all right
2: what else do we have in the the chat
1: yeah i got another one here um uh, I mean, there's a question I'm always, I'm always hesitant. I mean, I feel bad because there's some newcomers that come in here and I mean, well, actually there's only one other question, I think. So let me just, let me just ask it then. Cause I was going to say, sometimes questions come up a couple of times, um, you know, like, like there's a kind of popular questions, but I'll, I think we can, we can do this because I don't think there's anything else there. So what are some valuable skills to have when trying to get into an animation, uh, get, get into game animation that studios want?
2: So, so I think that we, yes, we, Definitely we've covered had this it. question all right brent but, so that's your expertise you have you yeah. have two minutes do it oh god here we go
1: all right so basically this is actually the easiest question on earth to answer start learning an engine learn how to animate absolutely make sure you understand body mechanics but more importantly Understand how they fit into the big equation that is games because you're not an animator in a game company. You are a game developer and you happen to know how to animate and you are going to be in charge of making – this is assuming you're doing game animation, like you said, not cinematics. You are in charge of making sure that some, one of the most important and most sort of visceral feedback – of the loop between a player's brain and the avatar on, sc- on 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 screen, making sure that you are essentially feeding back what's actually happening based on the inputs on the controller. So that is a very mechanical job, to be honest. You're more of like a roboticist that's programming a th- robot how to move and making sure that it moves in an appropriate way when the control is pushed in a, in a certain direction. So I would say start developing those skills because you, you're no longer, your feedback loop is no longer animate, animate, play blast. Hey, that looks pretty good. Let's keep going, refine. No, it, it's it, yes, you might still have a play blast in there every once in a while, but you're going to send that to the engine and play the animation, not play it like press to play. But I mean, interact with it, with the controller, the only then will, you know, that it's working because you're not looking for something that looks pretty. You're looking for something that plays really well. And how did I do seven? That was two minutes. That was
2: I Amazing. I just wanted to yeah, mention uh, that there is someone in the chat that is either Daryl mm. or I, I stole this picture. So, hey, Daryl, if it's you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That'd be really amazing if someone was just like totally pretending to me, Daryl. Hey yep. guys, you're not, that's no, tell us something that only you, David and I would know about you. <laughs> it's okay. No one's, no one's listening. Go ahead. Something extra private.
2: So you can be really embarrassed. Doing that, I, think it's, I want to see what he comes up with. I'm going to send you this one from Van Animator oh. in the, uh, in the chat Brent. That, that's one that I was scrolling and see what, um,
1: oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, you, so okay, I can ask you that. I, obviously, you're a game. You, otherwise, you wouldn't say it was well, okay. So, you no, know, that's good.
2: Put it in the, down there. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh,
1: okay, here we go. This one's for David. I think this came from, from, uh, from Scott, actually. It's a good one, because I actually would like to know the answer to this question. All right, here it is. David, when you interviewed for DreamWorks, was it still... A two-hour marathon. I assume it's somewhat famous for being. People talk about it as being a two-hour marathon.
2: So it was a two-hour marathon to try to convince me to go work at DreamWorks. It was the most surreal interview that I've ever had. I cannot say that I was stressed before, but I saw that it was like two one-hour interview with six different people, and I was in London, so it was in remote. And you know, back then. Remote video was this very strange thing. I actually had to go in an office somewhere with a security guard, with someone. They brought me in the room. I had no idea what I was doing there. And then eventually on the wall, like six people that I didn't know show up. And then for an hour, they tried to convince me to go at DreamWorks. At the end of the hour, I was like, okay, that was weird because they didn't really like challenge me or test me. And then we're like, okay, probably that's the second hour. Second hour, another group of people, same thing. After two wow. hours, I was like, all right, I, they, I, there's no <laughs> way they're going to hire me. They didn't ask me. Like, they didn't challenge me about anything. Oh, man. And uh, like two days after mm. HR, make me a, 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 an offer. But what is very <laughs> interesting is that when I was myself doing interview at uh, Adas Montreal to hire animators in the cinematic team, I found myself doing the exact same thing. <laughs> That's true. I was actually, and and Brent, you were there. Yeah, man. It was basically, I was targeting the people that I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when it was the interview Mm. and they were ready to, okay, let's, I was just them selling them why they should come. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And in a way, it's their reaction to this self pitch that was telling me a lot about yep. them. Are yep. they getting excited? Are they asking mm-hmm. the right question? Yeah. Are they interested? Are they genuine? And, they, and all of this, which was way more about who that person is, mm-hmm. uh, whether than asking question about technical software, uh, uh, all that. And it's, uh, it's only recently that I said, huh, that moment that made no sense for me, eventually this is exactly <clears throat> the same thing that I did later on and it's mm. almost like this. Well, first of all, you target the people, you already want them. You're that's not it. just randomly done... meeting 20 people. And exactly. Just go through. Uh, well, that's not and... everybody though. Like
1: we, we, you orchestrated that, right? Like, I mean, you like, cause a lot of companies, it, it does end up being like the recruiters are handling all of it. And then you just sort of show up to interviews cause they're booking it. You're like, that would be yeah. a waste of my time. So you're like, you will yeah. go and take a look at these people individually, make a short list. And so you are already interested basically.
2: Yeah. 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 And I realized that this is exactly the same thing that DreamWorks yeah, was doing. And so in funny. a way, they were interv- interviewing me just in a way that I never realized it. They were just yeah, in yeah. real time analyzing yeah. all of my reaction. On yeah. This sales pitch that well, they, that I mean, it's
1: making. it's smart. I mean, like you and I, it got to, it got pretty funny. You and me like we be, we ended up being like recruiting machines over at IDOS, and we had like a way like we'd always have a place to meet them. I would set it up and then we would just like we knew what we were doing. We go in there and we were going to tag team pitch the hell out of what we were trying to build over there. And and it's true. Like we, we that way we had our bases covered. To make sure that we at least, like, if by the end of the interview, we do really like this person because they had a lot of good questions and they really seemed into it, we don't have to now like we've already sold it so basically the job is already done like it's like we gave them a reason to be excited because we gave them some good information about the vision that we have for the team and the the project and all these things so it kind of works out really well otherwise you'd have to like you just do that cold interview with hard questions and then maybe scare them off maybe they're not even interested anymore because they weren't even feeling welcome and like you know it's it's stupid because you know like
2: and it to totally so happened people? that after an hour of trying to sell the project, the studio, the team, the, their role in the team and all that, that that after the, this hour, like, oh boy, we're not going to hire this, yeah. this, this yeah. person. And again, it was usually because, you know, <clears throat> no connection, no positive emotion, no excitement, no spark, no leading to an interesting conversation and starting to riff because basically the best interview after 20 minutes, you're just brainstorming ideas and you're like, yeah. okay, that person that's is it. going to be a great creative mind that we can that's right. brainstorm with. And, and the, the, the connection mm-hmm. was made by not knowing each other after 20 minutes is going to work. that That's yep. going to work for sure.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And that's much better than just answering a bunch of cold, hard questions. It's more like now you're getting a taste of what they would be on a production floor. Yeah. You know, like, the, Oh, wow. That's that they're actually a very natural collaborator. It was very easy. And like, why, like you, you give you like, there's no reason why you wouldn't want them on the team now.
2: And which is why I was doing my own. <clears throat> interviews. I was by the time I was involving HR, I was basically say, okay, that's the person I want that person already accepted. Those are the dates. I can already tell you a ballpark <laughs> of what kind of salary they'll be expecting. It's fine. I already checked with budget. It's all good. Please do the paperwork and make it happen. And then I was just leave because the the, the the most important part of do I want this person and does this person wants to work with us was already already done.
1: David, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good oh. news is this person is is actually Daryl for sure. Because the answer to the question, tell us something that only we would know. And his answer was this is actually pretty awesome. His answer was, Where the oh yeah, everyone at work this was his answer. Everyone who works with me says, I don't talk enough. I need to come out of my shell. So <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's yep. definitely Daryl right. because yeah, because that's completely the opposite of the truth. And that is definitely his sense of humor. So that's for sure him. The bad news is that he's he's calling you out because he says, and I quote, is it all gonna fit here? Wait a minute, you asked me to give an example of my best quality and my worst fault, and how I would deal with both in a day to day situation. It was the most corporate HR question of all. Let's just say David might have <laughs> developed a little bit since then. Oh, that's funny.
2: So, wait, Daryl, is that Shots the first fired. time or the second time that I hired oh, you? Because you kind of oh, bailed on us in, oh, in, in the middle oh. of those two. So, we're ah. going to need another stream with Daryl just to uh. fix this one.
1: Well, that's convenient because Daryl's going to be back in the show next week. So, I guess we'll just have to wait till then, everybody.
2: Yep, it so was to a keep, perfect like, non-plan burning
1: anger. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's it. If you want to see what happens next, you have to tune in next week to see who wins this battle of the wits. Okay, well, um that's that's time everybody. We're 5 minutes over. Thank you for being here. It was actually great today. Lots of activity in the chat. I'm wondering if it like I'm I'm curious. I I I uh, I made a couple changes on restream. It actually now sends out a tweet on Twitter, on our Twitter account, and it, it this I don't ever set it up before. I don't know why. And then so I don't know if that was one of the reasons why we got a bunch of people piling in really quick, but I have to continue to do that. So hopefully you all enjoyed the conversation. You come back to the next one. As David and I said, we will have Daryl back with Seb Crew to talk a little bit about pr- production stories on Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to have a couple uh, come, some videos to play. We'll talk about them a little bit. Daryl can entertain us with some of the shenanigans that happen on set. And uh, Seb can tell us of some of the the trials and tribulations of making um, all of Daryl's crazy ideas actually come to life. Because he was, of course, the magician behind the scenes, being the technical, technical director and the one holding sort of the... Uh, the whole pipeline together with, um, probably his, his, his pure will. So, uh, yeah, that will be next week on our, on our conversation with, and I hope to see you all then, David, until next time. See you around my friend.
2: Cheers. See you, ben. Bye.
0: Bye
1: everybody. Have a good one.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned. Stay animated.